So it's 38 above. The following is a paid program and does not necessarily represent the views of iHeartMedia. Securities and advisory services offered through Investicorp, member FINRA, SIPC. Information provided during the J. Arnold Wealth Management Company show is intended for informational purposes only and should not be considered advice. Please consult with your own investment advisor or tax advisor before making any investment decisions. This is the J. Arnold Wealth Management Show. And is this the Santa Claus rally that's going on? Yes. Uh, I'll turn his mic on. How come I don't hear your mic? Uh, well, I'll try it there. Okay. There you go. Repeat. It is? Yeah, uh, it, it is. And, and I'm glad to say, because if it had not been, I'd look like a complete fool. So this is, even though we're, what, December 5th, you were talking about this happening long before Trump was president, right? Right, right. And uh, But I, I do believe, and I think you feel the same way, and then correct me if I'm wrong, there's an underlying confidence within uh, the average middle class person. Now. Optimism. Yeah, and um, and then as obviously from a small business owner perspective, uh, you know, there's a there's an underlying, including me, an underlying optimism that hey, we finally got somebody in there that's going to give us a fair shot as a small business owner. And so, 95 percent of the business in the United States are small businesses, just so you know. So, and, and yeah, I know you know that, but. A lot of folks think of business in America as, as the, the GMs of the world, and those are very rare, believe it or not. So the small businesses are people like yours and mine, you know, 20 people or less, and that's what's writing the paychecks at home. So I don't know about – I talked to other small business owners, including Joe Danier, who's on the show here with us, or on the station with us, and, and other business owners, and there is a definitely a spark of like, hey – you know, we finally got someone that has our back. So that's good. So business is optimistic because of Trump. Business is very optimistic, and and there's a, I think people are though and too. A, yeah. So if you go to the mall, and and you're so it's not as like I don't know what the right word is for it. I want to say usually when you go to the mall or if you go into the stores, people are pissed and nasty and you know so mad about standing in lines. But now I, it's it's maybe I'm biased or maybe I'm just imagining it. But it seems like there's an underlying like confidence and shoppers are smiling again and people are happy to. Uh, go out and buy goods or whatever. Maybe it could just be for, that, for the fact that we just had a we've had a uh, strong seven and a half years of continued growth in the economy. Well, isn't that what they say? Consumer confidence is about John Arnold. I it, mean, exactly. Uh, exactly. Consumer confidence is is just how do people feel about spending money? Isn't it basically correct? Correct. And you think and you think business feels good because of Trump, and individuals might feel good some because of Trump, right? Yeah. And, but you were talking about Santa Claus rally even before anybody we determined who would be president. That's correct. And, and so, why was that that you thought this would happen? Well, as I explained before in the show, and I apologize for being repetitive, but it is a true, important point. What we have, what you have to take in account is a lot of companies have true fiscal years, meaning December thirty first to, to January first. There's some, you know, a lot of these companies true fiscal year versus July to July. So executives and and shareholders. Or majority shareholders and obviously CEOs, the upper echelon of executives in, in a company get their bonuses based on increase in share price or earnings per share, etc. Or um, I, I guess uh, or PE ratios, and I can go on and on and on. But at the end of, at the end of the day, uh, if you are a CEO of a company and you know you're going to get a, a huge bonus based on your share price increase. You're probably going to do whatever it takes to pump that share price at the end of the year. Am I correct? Mm-hmm. And and a lot of that is due, to, and that's how we they arrived at that stupid name Black Friday. So, um, I, I, inevitably, it just it it 
kind of takes effect overall and say, hey, we want to make our line, you know, our bottom line by the December 31st, even if you're not a, uh, a traditional fiscal year, because we want to still measure that. And uh, and then obviously we got people that feel obligated to buy presents for Hanukkah and, uh, and Christmas. And uh, that obviously sparks retail too. And all you have to do is look at the traffic, you know, on 224 and whatnot. But isn't the market setting record highs? It is. It, it, it is. I mean, record highs. And, and I'm, I'm happy to report that the sectors that we went in have, except for, uh, I want to say XLV, the healthcare has kind of really lagged. But Why I'm, do you suspect of the uncertainty? Uncertainty, but I'm a big believer in that one. I think that's going to overall be our best, best return over X amount of months and years. But everything except XLV is really... Tremendous. I mean, I mean, since the move. Just share like, with our listeners once again what sectors did you like before the surge? Commercial real estate, which is doing well. It's it's starting to do well. I bought it. I bought it really right. Mm-hmm. XLB, which is the builders. Mm-hmm. XLI. Uh, I I bought oil and gas engineering, and then I bought oil and gas manufacturing. So the, even the, when the prices were down, exactly. Um, and then I don't want to kind of let the I want to give away the shit for free, but that's a good start. And just know this: we just really have kicked butt. And 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 for the listeners out there, you might want to continue. Right now, Amazon got Amazon got got really hurt. Now it, I want you to explain that to me, and I and I want to get to that. If okay. you happen to see the USA Today, mm-hmm. the you know there was an article saying how Amazon is going to change the world of retailing. Yeah, I've been and, saying I mean, that. Yeah, I mean it, it is unbelievable. And I and folks, of course, I left it at home. The amount of purchases that are made by Amazon is huge, and it's, and it's just growing. In the infant stages, Ron. It's the infant stage, right? And, and they're saying this will change everything, Amazon, and 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 how many people are Prime members, so they get it in two days. Phenomenal numbers. Now, well, what, now, did you tell me they weren't doing well in the market? Or explain yeah, this it's to called, me. So it would it did a really a really strong ride up until the election and Be- Be- Bezos and. Trump, you know, they don't like each other, and he's not a fan of him, vice versa. Um, so obviously there's a fear gauge there. And in, in addition to that, with Trump trying to bring manufacturing and, and bring more retail back to the United States, that's a threat to Amazon. But at the end of the day, it's going to work itself out. So if you're a buyer and you're willing to take some risk, right now Amazon is baselining. I mean, right now it's in the 740, 730 range. And, and it's hovering between that and 760. That's a good. So what happened is it, Amazon went from like the 800s all the way down to the 720s, bottomed out, up, down, up, down is baselining right now. So if you're a player, meaning when I say player, if you're a risk taker, you can hold it for a little while. You don't need the liquidity of the money. This is an opportunity for you to buy something that I think is the future of America. Another one that I, I, I How see. How much is it a share? 740 a share. Seven forty or seven. It went up today, nineteen points. Seven hundred fifty nine dollars a share. It went up nineteen points today. So when it, when I say it went up twenty points or fifty points, that's not that big of a move on a seven hundred dollars stock. It is a positive move though. So it's baseline. It's right still now. an expensive stock. Oh, it's extremely expensive. It's extreme. It's a high quality stock. Uh, it's extremely expensive. The, they turned their first profit two years ago. Since then, it's been an uphill. So, so the downward news is just because of that Bezo Trump deal and that. Yeah, I mean, because everything I read shows their percentages of business that they're capturing out there are continuing to grow. I mean, they are saying that Amazon very well will wipe a lot of businesses out. I've been saying that for a year. I I think that uh, the days of Best Buy and Macy's and all these box stores, I don't know how they're going to compete. I think they're going to have to beat them or join them. It's going to be a beat them or join them type deal. But who's better than Amazon at what exactly. they do? Exactly. So I think they're going to join them in the fact they're going to pair up 
Here's what I think is going to happen. I have no proof, by the way. This is just a philosophy. I think you're going to have box stores still exist, but you're going to have like a main manager and maybe one-fifth the retail agents, so to speak, okay? Clerks, better word. And you're going to go and be able to view and talk to somebody there about the product you want to buy, and then that's where it's going to stop. You will not be able to take it home on, on demand, meaning that you have to go home basically in order for Amazon Oh, really? Yeah. Like a display store. Yeah, it's a display store. I think that's what's going to happen because people are always going to want that feel good and learn about it face-to-face. I'm kind of one of those people. I like to do that because I don't trust the internet 100%. So if they feel it, buy it, see it, or see it, buy it, excuse me, quit the buy it. So they see it, learn about it, and they can touch it, and then they go back home and order through Amazon. That's going to be a win-win. So the box store is going to... Uh, still be able to employ a couple people and stay in business, and their share price is going to really go down to nothing. Amazon will obviously pick up a retailer, but without any cost to them. And the consumer is going to be able to buy it for probably 20% less because they're buying through Amazon. And, and the delivery time is going to be two days. And, a lot, and like, I don't know if uh, a lot of folks don't know this, but down in, like, when I live in Palm Beach, uh, some of the year I could tell you firsthand, um, deli- you know, delivery for Amazon is an hour to two hours away. It's not a day. It's not two days. You order something, you'll get it in two hours if you want. Are you serious? That's amazing. What, is there a warehouse down there? Yeah. It's not everything, but there's certain goods that Amazon delivers within two hours, and there's no cost, by the way. And Amazon keeps expanding what it's it's doing. I mean, they, they, they keep growing on that kind of stuff. You know, their customers keep growing, their their reach keeps growing, and yet their stock goes down. It doesn't make sense. Are they making money now? Do you know? Amazon? Yeah. Yeah, they're profitable. Two years ago. Yeah, it's their first profit. So for years they were not doing that. Yeah, but, I but, mean, the, were, but the sky's the limit. But when you're talking seven fifty, <laughs> that's an expensive stock. Very. But if you look at the at the end of the story, it's it's like Berkshire Hathaway. I mean, people say it's expensive, but if you'd have bought it twenty years ago, you'd be you know you'd be very wealthy. So who cares? One share, twenty shares, two hundred shares. You're, you'd you're, be a gazillionaire. Exactly. So it's not about it's it's about the percentage. It's not about the share price. Remember that. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So. Amazon is uh, having some more difficult times, but do you see retailing then doing well with consumer confidence being up? Yeah, temporarily. I think temporarily you're going to see a a jolt, but I think overall, I think retail knows that deep down that the ship has sailed. They're like horse and carriages in the 20s. You know, in the 1920s, people really couldn't grasp the fact that cars were going to replace them. They actually laughed at them. And then sure enough, as as far as, you know, Henry Ford designed a program that... You know, he designed that, uh, the, the, what's the chain at GM with the labor, the, the, the assembly line, excuse mm-hmm. me. And then he priced the cars out to where his own workers could afford them and end of horse and carriages. So here we are with Amazon, the same thing. Uh, so another thing that, that I see on the horizon is I think in 10 years, majority of your cars are going to be like Tesla. I think that the technology is going to be duplicated or better, or Tesla is going to take over. I think the majority of your cars will be electric cars. Mm-hmm. And uh, so keep an eye on that. So I don't know how we got on that, but uh, there, there's some there's some buying opportunities out there for the future. Uh, people not in the market, you're missing the ride. Um, there, there's This is just... Is a, it a good time now to get in with yeah, the market I, I high? It, I believe it is. You Still? Gotta, I got to talk in opinions, so I believe it is. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do. And I think it's going to go higher. Now, we could be setting up for a pretty... Small bubble collapse here, meaning that if you know if they're gonna, they're planning on raising interest rates, 
probably back to back in December, aren't they? Mm-hmm. Sometime this month. Yeah, I think it's going to be an initial jolt to the market. Initial one, meaning. Do you that, think it's needed or necessary? Yeah, I do. I think that I think especially with Trump coming in, I think the United States. So this is a good thing. Yeah, it's, I think it's a good thing. I mean, the, you can only go with your interest rates for so long before inflation starts to destroy you. So if you get ahead of it and you start temp, you know, start trickling it in here and there, you should create a common sense interest rate environment to where the banks are winning and the consumers are winning. Because right now, just the consumers are winning um, because the price of money is so cheap. So, uh, and it, sh- it shows weakness in the United States if they got to rely on artificial injections like zero percent interest rates or quarter percent interest rates. That doesn't say a lot for our economy. So. It's going to be a spark of confidence, but I wouldn't be surprised if you have two straight weeks of down, you know, really dismal uh, dismal returns because, you know, at the end of the day, people want the free ride. You know, corporate America wants the, wants it to stay where it's low, but it's at the end of the day, it it's eventually going to work itself out. So they're a, talking at this time they might raise yeah. them, and you so say they will. I think and, I believe that they will. And will that have a positive effect on the market? No, then? I think it will have, a, and I think it will have negative. an initial a negative effect. But I think, and I think that the battle will lose, and will the war will win. I think inevitably, after about three or four weeks, it'll be positive again, and it'll be business as usual. What does that do to bonds? I think it's it's like I've been telling you. I think it's going to tear start the bond uh, fear market collapse. So what? So you know, if you were a guy invested in bonds, you'd probably get rid of them. Yeah, I mean, I be, I mean, again, I have to. T- I can't talk in specifics, but I could say you definitely want to be talking with your advisor about realigning your portfolio outside of bonds. If you're in bonds, you're playing hooky. It's just, it's only a mathematical matter of time. Hey. Uh, and unless you have a specific topic you want to okay. talk about, I gotta I gotta turn it over to a completely different topic. What is that about our Youngstown State Penguins? I think it's absolutely phenomenal. I am so excited. I couldn't be more excited. I I, I, I I'm the same way. I mean, you know, like you know, what's disappointing is we are putting such a quality product on the field. First of all, for your listeners out there, college football is what I do. I love college football. Why do you it. like it so much? Kids are playing their hearts out, and, for, and, and there's so the much pros. strategy to it. Yeah. There's so many. There's so much strategy to it. There are a lot of those kids are our local kids. Uh, I just love college football. It's fast. Uh, the game hasn't really gotten in its own way yet. And it's, they're trying, but it hasn't. But it, Youngstown State right now has Bo Pelini and Jim Trussell at the helm. So Bo Pelini was the head coach of the 2007 National Championship LSU, not head coach, defensive coordinator LSU National Championship team. And on the other side was Jim Trussell for the Ohio State Buckeyes. So. In Youngstown, Ohio, we have two of the top coaches that were at the national championship level, and now they're representing Youngstown, Ohio. And look at he's brought we you know we this is our second playoff win uh, this year. We're bringing Wolford in. I say, uh, folks, if you're listening out there, please consider putting your butt in a seat out there Saturday. I know it's going to be cold, but you know I'm I'm all about supporting our Youngstown State. And and, and State, when they uh, when they won Saturday, they won against a team that had a hell of a record. Oh, that team I mean, was powerhouse right. for that. For and, that. and they defeated them. I mean, you know, that yeah. was a great game. Because yes, uh, because when you looked at it, you thought they got something to worry about. And not only did they beat them, they beat them significantly. They did. Well, they, 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 yes, they did. We forced them into a running situation because that quarterback's weakness is passing. It was a Randall Cunningham type of quarterback uh, where he had the strength and the, the ability to pass, but we closed it down to so many lanes. And, uh, 
passing lanes, and we, we you know we unfortunately he got a lot of yards, but yards don't score points. Bottom line is it was a great coaching job on Pelini and the staff, and I'm just so proud of those kids. I am. I, I'm not. I and I say that being a coach, I'm a nobody down there, but I just love our Youngstown State uh, Penguins. I do. Right, and the fact that you know they they move on this Saturday at a home game, I think that is an amazing. I, thing. I, I do think a crowd matters. But, you know, when you bring this up, I think when we're lucky to have Bo Pelini here. We're lucky to have Tressler. We're lucky to have Bo Pelini here. But I think a coach like that is under such huge pressure to win because of the legacy of Jim Tressel. And things seem to be pulling together for him. I mean, you know. Yeah. You look at John Haycock, was an excellent coach. You know, it was just a matter of a win here and there. It, you know, unfortunately unseated him. But, yeah, the pressures, the pressures are ridiculously high. And that's because of the credit to your Youngstown State. Uh, Penguins. I mean, the, the the bar's been set. And the expectations yeah. that they have for them. But all, every one of these games will be a tough game, yeah. obviously. Yeah, Wolfers no slouch, believe me. Yeah. So, yeah. I, anyways, I, I know this is not a football show, but... I'm but it is it. exciting. And, you know, last <clears throat> yeah. time I was... Uh, well, not this Saturday. Saturday before was at uh, YSU for the pregame show. And I realized it was really a cold day. And, I mean, it was bitterly cold with mm-hmm. the wind. It was really but cold. But it was our first playoff game, and I think we drew 6,000 people or something. And it was I was bitterly so disappointed. Cold. And, and, and that is somewhat disappointing. And then, uh, the, But I saw today where they say ticket sales were brisk. Good. And that was good. I mean, you know, yeah. I mean, so they're moving and selling. You Absolutely. need a crowd to do something like that. You do, man. I mean, we, we're putting that kind of – a lot of those kids are transfers from 1A schools. So you're looking at high, high-quality talent – Maybe transfers from Kentucky or, or Pittsburgh, right. you know, a, a division one that, that's really, but just they want to wait their playing time turn or whatever have you. We are putting a really high quality product out there, so please. So go you're see excited? It. Yeah, very, very. Sorry to get on that, and of course Ohio State is my that's my love. The, and, the draw and, that Ohio yeah. State has locally is unbelievable, isn't it? I mean, maybe not just locally, probably statewide and sometimes nationwide. No, it's the, it's. I think, in my opinion, even being down in Florida, there's bars. When I'm down there visiting, there's bars literally just that are Ohio State bars, if you could believe that. Mm-hmm. I think. What do you think of Urban Meyer? I think he's the best. Him and Nick Saban are by far the best head coaches to ever exist in college football. They're amazing recruiters, and they know how to get the job done. I think he's an amazing uh, motivator. He he leads kind of like, not, not that I'm in his ca- galaxy, but he's no BS, very much like myself, and and he's a he's a bottom line guy, get it done kind of guy, and that's what I'm about. So I love the guy. I love I love his personality. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, when you're talking about bonds, I'm going to set that aside for just a second. <laughs> Let's go back to bonds. Oh no, I, I absolutely love that. Uh, and, and I'm with you. I'm excited. I'm so looking forward to Saturday. Me too. I think we're going to win. By the way, I hope you're right. Yeah. I, I you know I hope oh. you're right. Oh. Is inflation making comeback? Federal Reserve policymakers hope so. A bond as a bond investor brace for higher inflation. The ten-year Treasury yield has spiked more than one percent since July. Now the market is deciding if uh, wider budget deficits will reawaken will reawaken deficit hawks known as bond market uh, vigilantes. That's what this guy is saying, and he's saying beware basically. But you but you've been saying that. I wanted people to know, you know, these guys on a national level, you've been saying that for two months, maybe longer. Oh, man, wrong. We, we've been saying that for years now, uh, yeah, yeah, I know you which kind of works bonds. against me because it hasn't happened. So it's like that blind squirrel deal. Well, I think it's coming to fruition pretty quick. Your bottom line is if you're in some long-term stuff, if you're in some high-yield stuff, if you're in anything under 60 days, bond-wise, 
Better be talking to a professional about getting out. You do want to. You do not want to be trapped when that share price goes down in the bond fund. Tell me about. People. Or if you have an individual bonds, go ahead. When people are coming to you now, are you putting them right in the market? Yes, I am. Yes, okay, I am. Nothing on the sidelines. No, I mean, I mean, I always leave two percent for just an emergency, but two percent of a of a you know million dollar account not a big deal. But I, uh, we're going in. We're going in head first, and uh, I'm very proud of the. I'm very proud of the, the returns thus far. They obviously could be destroyed tomorrow, but are um, you nervous with it going with it going so well? I am very nervous. And I explain am. that side of it and why. Please. Well, it's almost too good to be true scenario. You know, if you look, you've had maybe a couple days since Trump's pre-election that have been sour, and that, that you know that's that's a, a sign of a of a bubble, and bubbles are inevitable uh, as far as bursting. And I don't care how good of your financial advisor is. He or she cannot keep keep that from happening. They they can't see that coming. So I'm going to have to I'm going to have to have something to react to. So a lot of people come to our firm and they expect miracles, and that's not going to happen. They want me to predict. What do they expect when they come in? They want me to predict the market, you know, up and down, which is an impossibility. Well, even though you study it and all this kind of stuff, but they uh, they come in. <laughs> Listen, anybody who says they can predict or time the market perfectly is a snake oil salesman, and I am. So not. what do you say to them? What I'm saying is, is, you know, first of all, we gotta we gotta put your expectations in line here. I am not a miracle worker. If I knew what the market was gonna do, I would not be here because I'd have my own island mm-hmm. and I'd be the wealthiest person in the world. However, I do follow trends, and here's a map of what. And I'd, we would be having a wonderful time. Yes, we would. I'd party. fly you in. I'd fly you, you, you and the girl. So I, um, but I don't, and that's because sometimes I'm wrong, and that's because no one. Warren Buffett, Carl Icahn, or John Arnold. <laughs> Not that I'm in, I couldn't shine those guys' shoes, but at the end of the day, there is no timing the market. You can't predict it, and anybody who tells you differently is an absolute snake oil. Right, salesman. but when your investors come to you, whether that's with uh, you know fifty thousand or more or whatever it might be, they're expecting they're they in essence are buying your knowledge. No different yeah, than so, if you go to a mechanic or a doctor. So what I tell them is this: if you if you had the time. And the, the average intelligence, and I would say all of our clients do, but the key is the time to study what I'm studying. You could do the same exact thing I'm doing. What I'm buying you is time. It's not knowledge. You can go, listen, you Everyone can Everyone else has other stuff happening. Yeah, so if you're performing surgery or if you're, if you're selling real estate or whatever you're happens. You're just doing other things. Yeah, you can't do that tactical analysis and tactical analysis reallocating. You can't do it. You literally... It is a physical timing situation. So what I tell folks is this: Okay, if you do passive investing and you're going to do, you're going to use Vanguard, and you're going to create a portfolio based on 2020, 2020, 2020, you're probably going to do very well over a 10 year period. You're going to get some bear markets. You're going to get hurt, but over a 10 year period, you're going to do well. I think with our strategies and the keyword is think because it's an opinion. I think we can maybe get you two or three percent a year more than what you could do on your own. And I also want you to know, Mr. Client or Mrs. Client or Mr. or Mrs. Client, that we are a team. It's not I work for you or you're the boss, I'm the boss. It's not me being the boss and being demanded. It's you or uh, you're a teammate of mine. I'm a teammate of yours. And the goal is the same thing. Let's kick ass on your portfolio. Give me an idea. Give me what you like, what you don't. I'll give you ideas. We'll go to work on this thing together. And, uh, and, uh, I think we can do a better better job than what you could do on your own with a passive portfolio. So the next question you have is, what is a passive portfolio? Yeah. So there's three ways you can invest money. Passive, tactical, and technical. 
I don't believe in passive investing if you're going to hire a financial advisor. That is the biggest bunch of crap. I don't know how they sold it. I used to be one, by the way, until I opened up my eyes. But the industry did a great job of convincing clients that you had to pay 5.75% or loads, other loads, or some or some other kind of upfront charges, commission-wise, to get a better return on what they can do on their own at your price or Fidelity or Vanguard. And if you look at the returns on Fidelity, Vanguard, uh, T-Row Price no-load funds and compare them to American funds and other load funds, you will find almost an identical fund-for-fund match in returns. Mm -hmm. So what in the world did you pay almost 6% for other than getting a a friend? If if you're one of those people that need a fraternity for friends, maybe that's for you. But that's not me, and that's not my investors. And so... That's passive investing. Passive investing is when you, you someone gives you X amount of dollars and you slice the pie up into 2020, 20, you set it and forget it. All right. It's called mm-hmm. buy and hold strategy. If it makes money, it makes money. If it loses money, it loses money. You're well diversified. That's kind of a stupid strategy, though. Call isn't it a it? day. Well, it's it's just it's a personal it's a personal strategy. Yeah, but doesn't that strategy when I, whenever I hear that I just think to myself, you know, you you could take everything you earned and made and write it right back down. And they and, have. And, and it might take you 10 years to get back to where you were. So you explain to me, let's say if you ride that all down and you lose all your gains and everything, and you and that might take 10 or 15 years or whatever to get back to where you were, how is buy and hold the good? You should have well, sold it depends and got on, out. Yeah, it depends on. <coughs> you should have got out so you could right. keep your gains. Your time That's parameter, what you do. Correct. Your time parameters. And your discipline is everything. So if you're 55 and you're going to retire 58, you have no damn business. You have none being in that stock market allocation like you are. Right. You're going to retire in three years. You don't know what the market's going to do. You're in high growth, high beta. You're going to get hurt probably. And just by luck, you're not. Well, now, wait a minute, John. You're not saying that if you're 58 or 59, you should not be in the market. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is... Because you don't want to be in bonds. Hear me out. Passive investing. If you're a passive investor and you're close to retirement and you're invested aggressively, you are absolutely plain hooky. You're gonna you have a good chance of destroying your portfolio because you gotta keep an eye on it. I guess that's the Denny has says we have to go the to the shoe. That's what yeah, that's, that's the shoe. We'll come back to uh, what five after the hour or something like that. Oh well, uh, we'll get back uh, on. Right, and we'll get there. John Arl is here, and we want to pick it up with passive investors. I uh, you know, I think that's a huge mistake. I think you're in agreement, right? Yes. All right. Well, it's my opinion, but yes. Right, but but you, that isn't what you do. Is That's what I'm trying what to say do. to people. You monitor it, and you would say, "Let's get out and keep our gains." We'll be back. News Radio 570 WKBN. Stay tuned. Now back to the Jay Arnold Wealth Management Show. So just uh, the the passive investor is that what you call them? That that, that is a, that that in general, you and I would agree is a mistake. Just so people understand, you actively manage accounts. Yeah, you can actively manage accounts two ways. One is tactical, and the other one is technical. I do both. So what I do is I have software that does both, and one piece of software that I use. Now, this is every client. This is every client. Um, one software I PC uses is called Dorsey Wright University, or Dorsey Wright. So it's a university I attended about, uh, I'm going to say, 2007 area. Mm-hmm. Um, or six area, excuse me, it would have been 2006, five area. And it really, because I, and the reason is because uh, I was trying to set myself apart from my competitors. I, so we were all competing for the same clients and 
all the stockbrokers, vice versa, financial advisors, we're trying to win the client over, but if I'm offering American funds and so-and-so down the street is offering American funds, then it comes down who's the best salesperson. Right. I went to school too long, uh, and I sold too many things all my life to be a salesperson, so I decided I'm going to learn how to manage money on an objective basis, and I did that. I graduated from that DWA university, and then I learned uh, further in my career something called tactical management. So tactical management offers nothing more than uh, technical management offers nothing more than the measure of volume in the market of buyers versus sellers and sellers versus buyers. Obviously, it's, there's a lot more to it than that, um, but just trying to keep it condensed on this show, it shows me the map of the market where there's a better percent of chance of making an objective decision that's going to favor the client. But identifying who's, you know, if there's more buyers and sellers in an, what's called a vertical price, price objective for that particular equity. I will make a play on that by doing additional research that piggybacks it like fundamental and obviously tactical. So one of the, th- just an example. So right now GE is a, is a, in the, in the, what's called the electro electri- electrical sector. So the first thing I look for is before I even look at the chart on GE is I'm looking to see is the electrical sector favored. And right now, believe it or not, it is 66% of the stocks in the electrical sector and what's are in a bullish pattern, which means Majority of stocks are favorable right now in that sector because I've been I've seen this before, where you just had a com, uh, an awesome kick-ass company that is doing extremely well and has a great product or service or both, and their stock is faltering because that particular sector is faltering, like a semiconductor sector. So <clears throat> I'm telling you that because uh, I'm trying to for the client the the, or the listenership out there to visualize what we're doing. So you look at the whole sector. We're looking at the sector first, and then then you'll look at GE specifically. And then I look at GE specifically. I look at the vertical price objective on it. I look at the the years with the, where it had the same chart and what it did for that same chart. I look at the the kind of pattern that it's making. Like this for, is all before you make a decision, right? So before I make a decision. I will I will say, well, for example, if it's made of what's called a bullish triangular pattern, there's a really, really probable chance that this stock has a bullish a bullish objective price much higher than I initially thought it would. Or the what's called a triple top or a quadruple top. But these are patterns that I'm looking for. If it just has what's called a double top, that doesn't really get me excited. because um, that's a that's a really a, a temporary up. But I'm looking at patterns and you combine that with the, the relative strength and, and, and some of it, and I'll look at their competitors and I'll see what they're doing. And then I'll do the fundamental analysis. Fundamental analysis is strictly the stuff that everybody does. So you go to Yahoo Finance, look at earnings per share, the PE ratio. I'll look at any lawsuits. I'll look at uh, what insider insiders are doing. Insiders meaning that uh, what's, you know, what, uh, there's, there's um, blogs and there's, People that are talking amongst each other that are day traders, that I'll see what they're saying. So I'll formulate an opinion based on all those things and give it a thumbs up or Man, thumbs this down. is a lot of research. Yeah, it is. But So that's what separates me from the other guy who's just going to plug you into an American fund or a Franklin Templeton fund and say, well, this is it. you know, and, and forget about it. Yeah. And I, so I just, I just can't, I can't even grasp how someone could buy into that as an investor, but and and most people do, don't they? The, well, a lot of people do, but I got to tell you, the ship has sailed on a lot of those guys. So that's one of the great things about this new fiduciary role is it's really separating the men from the boys and the girls from the women. And and you're saying who's a player and who's not now, and I love it. 
I love it. All these Joe, these bozos. That and that are, law says yeah. that you can't make a trades for your benefit at the expense of the investor. Well, you have a fiduciary responsibility to the client now. You have a legal, which is more important. You have to answer legally right. for investing somebody's money wrong. Whereas before, FINRA was managing, and FINRA is a private sector, a private supervisory. FINRA can take your license away and they can fine you, but if you decide you want to get out of the industry because you did a client wrong, unless you've done something like fraud or you really, really done something criminally to a client, that's where the story ends. The client doesn't get their money back and there's no jail time, there's no fine or no nothing. And that's that's BS, all right? So <clears throat> I think, like, I don't think the rules for people who fraud people mm-hmm. from a white-collar standpoint are strong enough, to be honest with you. Um I think that should be prison time if you want to know the truth, because too much of it's still happening. Right. Uh, but I, but this fiduciary role is kind has of, really done great for for people like me because it's it's forced you to earn your money. That doesn't mean I'm going to be right. It doesn't mean I'm always going to beat the market. It just means that I can tell you objectively when you come in when somebody comes in and says, "Well, what have you been doing for me?" Even if their account's down, or what if or what if I'm underperforming the market? And I have before. I can say, well, based on this, 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 and this, and this, and this, and this. This is why I did what I did. This is how I came to this conclusion. And you tell me, Mr. and Mrs. Klein, how you would have came to a different conclusion. Because I can also show you the times that I'm very much right how I came to the same exact conclusion. Well, aren't you saying this is how I came to this conclusion, why we got out, because I didn't want to ride the market down, even if the market, I thought it would do that. And, uh, or, I, or I went in this sector because I knew it would go up, or I thought it would go right. up, right? Right. So we've had a lot of uh, sideways markets this past two years where I've got out artificially wrong, all right? So, but I also, so the client says, well, why do we get out? You know, two months later, it just went back up. Well, do you really think I have a crystal ball? I got to go on... I got to go. What on, your dad is uh, telling you, right? My dad is going, and so you either have an object. I, I tell the clients, we have an option here. Here's the fork in the road. Do you want to do the Christmas card passive investing, where I'm sending you anniversary cards? No, and happy that should co- be a thing in the past. Right. Or do you want to do active management, to where, yeah, we're going to lose on some quarters, but you know what? At the end of the day, I think I can save you from losing that forty percent catastrophic loss by following these indicators. So that's your options. If you don't, if you don't like those two options. You're not a stock market investor because that's the options. Now, how do you now? Uh, and you do this for all of your clients. What you're what you're talking yeah. about because you, you have like sectors at your own company. John Arnold's our models. Guest. We have models. models okay, yeah. but those models would be high risk, medium risk, and low risk. Correct. Those three well, models. Well, we have about six of them, which is ultra aggressive, aggressive, moderately aggressive. Moderately conservative, conservative. Okay, but 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 if uh, somebody listening comes in as a new client, let's say, and they say, okay, obviously you talk to them, they talk to you, and you figure out what their risk tolerance is and their age. That, right. Well, they'll tell you what their risk tolerance is. You'll get you'll look at their age and you'll determine whether or not um, you'll give them your opinion on it too, right? Absolutely. Then you'll take like like you, will you say, okay, I'm going to put you in this uh, what a category, if you will. I'm going to put you. Let's in this. say we're going to go moderate conservative. Okay, I'm going to put you moderate conservative. Now that person's in the same investments with everyone else, moderate and conservative. But you're monitoring that whole se- sector, correct? I'm monitoring that model. Okay, that whole model. Yeah. So if you sell, let's say you think it's going to go down, and you're going to sell, you will sell for that whole group, right? Correct. So let's say. Okay, I get it. Not, yeah. So you're so it's in, so you're looking out for all those people, and that might be a different move than somebody in the ultra high risk. Oh, it's going to be a different move. Okay. Because our ultra aggressive models made up in individual stocks. 
someone who's moderate conservative might have one individual stock, might be AT&T, something real, that we bought real value, mm-hmm. real value cheap that's paying a 4% dividend at the right price. But majority of them are going to be, that's going to be an ETF model. All right. So selling for this group is different from that other group. Exactly. So I'm managing what's called a single managed account, but on a, on a more personal basis. So single managed accounts are when you take over, say, maybe a pension. Mm-hmm. So I'm working on this right now. So it's similar to a hedge fund, but without, without the, the high, high, high risk. So an SMA, <coughs> I apologize, an SMA account is when everybody belongs to this model and they're all, all in one account instead of like a bunch of different accounts attached to a model, all everybody's money in the same model. And that's what a single managed account is. And you take the good with the bad. And you usually have a one year or two year wait before you can withdraw your money out of it. But that's what the here's where I'm going with that. That's what the very wealthy have been doing for years, and that's what they're going to continue to do because they can afford that risk and they can afford that kind of exposure and they can afford that most of any. Most well, they've more, had that service right, for well, years. Yeah. So what I'm trying to say is they can afford that liquidity, meaning that that anti liquidity model. So what I do is I replicate that, but on an individual basis, to where instead of as I do the opposite, to where my clients are in that single managed account type of philosophy, but they don't have to stay in there because we have it individualized to their account. So they are attached to all, they were attached to the model, but they don't have to stay in the model. Whereas an SMA fund, everybody has all their money in the same model, all grouped together like a, its own fund, and uh, they're tra- kind of trapped into it for a couple of years. So the goods and bads to both, but it's a way for me to give that same management, a dynamic investment management exposure to our clients here in Youngston, Ohio, that would be the same as clients in Palm Beach, Florida. Mm-hmm. And it's worked, and it doesn't it's, it doesn't always make money. We don't always outperform the market, but I can tell you this. Like, for instance, sometimes our, our clients who don't know any better will call me and say, why, why did you get so many statements the other day of you move money? And I, my question to them is, if you didn't get those, what, what, do, what are you paying me for? You know what I mean? Well, like, then you tell them, well, I thought it would go down, or I thought no, this would be a better buy over No, they here. want to know why I changed from this, 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 and this, well, into but, this, uh, this, this, and this. Your investors, when you go John Arnold, you have the right to move money around without their consent, yeah, based I'm, on I'm, what's going on. I'm a, um, uh, yes, I'm a... Uh, so when they get the statements... Discretionary managers. Right, when they, they get the statements, you're doing your job, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, so what we do is we send trade confirmations out. So, so they know. Right. So instance, we, we got out of, I'm not going to give my portfolios away, but we got out of X amount of sectors and got into other sectors when Trump got elected, all right? And I, dis- I disclosed many of those at the beginning of the show. Mm-hmm. When we made those changes, our clients got a bunch of trade confirmations said, I did, the, I did these changes. My question to the clients is, why in the hell would you not, <laughs> why would you question that that's a great thing that's a feather in your cap that's saying hey my guy's making changes for me he's doing something for me he's not sending me a christmas card and saying hang in there he's actually trying to take advantage of markets and that's where it's worked well you know what i'm here to tell you how rare that 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 used to be and people aren't used to it no they're not the the passive thing sucked here's what i think most of you listening probably have experienced uh, as well as your fearless leader, you know, you you, you 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 put it into something, and you never hear again. You, well, you, you hear from, you know what you get. You get your stupid no, annual yeah, view but, letter coming but, from but, but, you know, view, or you yeah. get your statement. You never hear again. That guy isn't paying squat attention to your money or your account. Right. That's a fact. You know I, what I, I, that that, that I is an absolute fact. 
He got your money and his commission, and he's not paying attention. You're putting it in, and you're under the pressure because you're paying attention to all of those things. Do I sell? Do I buy? Do I shift to another thing? That's the difference. Exactly the difference. And I'm doing it while you're doing your job. Right. Or you're going golfing or you're watching. And that person can call you and you'll tell them, well, this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, right? Yeah, we've got 20, 30 phone calls a day asking that same exact question. Why did you do that? Yeah, if I don't get to them during the day, I call them at night. And my clients, a lot of those people are surprised I call them at 9 o'clock at night. But i got to get to them when I can get to them, but I don't want them to wait. So, uh, you know, one thing I do miss, I have to tell you, and this is just a a funnier story. I I miss the stock jock days. I do. The days of, of pitching a client on a stock and and making them a quick twenty percent or, or you know obviously on one off, stock on one stock and stock jocking it that was fun. But you, you know? still do it for yourself, don't you? Well, yeah, but it, it's no fun you're doing it for yourself. I well, mean, it I, is if you make money. It is, but I've lost money a lot of times doing it too. Well, so a, that's a dangerous game. I'm doing it right now. I'm doing it with CERS. What's that? So, by the way, this is not a this is not a this is not a solicitation. Well, what do they do? Uh, they're a biotech company and. They've been trading between five and eight dollars a share. So what I've been doing, I bought five thousand shares of this thing, and I, I bought that thing at the high fours, and I'll sell it at like five fifty. I'll make a quick twenty five hundred bucks. I'll wait for it to do it. I'll make a twenty five hundred. But I can tell you, I've got hurt on that kind of stuff too. But I'm taking my. Well, own you've money lost twenty five hundred yeah. bucks. So you know how cool it would be to call. You know, I so what I used to do back in the stock trading days is I would call clients and say, "Listen, here's the deal." This is what this client, this is what this stock does. This is what this, our company does. Here's the trading bands on it. Here's the technical analysis on it. Give me 20 grand to throw out this thing and see what we can do. And it was so fun to call the clients and say, man, we just picked up 20% in you know, 10 days. And, what about when you didn't make oh, it out? Oh, that's what got me out of it. All right. So, so when you called the client and oh, said, what? Oh, we lost. You know, tail between my legs and. They never care about the eight that you got right. You know, they care about the one that you sucked on. Well, you know so, that uh, that uh, whatever twenty thousand you gave me, it's now fifteen. Exactly, and that's happened many times. So, but I do miss those days. I got to tell you, I miss those days. People said, "Well, you probably missed the commissions." No, I don't. I can care. I could care less. I I care. I that got me up in the morning. You know, that got me rocking and rolling. Like, what am I going to make the next quit hitter on? But here's the thing: <clears throat> if I say five percent of my investors could tolerate that. So five percent emotionally and money wise could, could could put up with that nonsense because that's what it is. That it's, is, it is gambling and stress. It's straight up gambling. Based it's, on it's rolling based the craps. On info, you it's, know. it's rolling the craps table because you're going to get played by the computers, the supercomputers, and you're going to get played from the old old news. Meaning that that news that I'm gambling on, the big money's already known about that ten days prior. You're just hoping that you're 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 inside the volume on that thing. Did you win more than you lost? Yes, I have. Yes, level? I have. Yes, yeah. I have. And I'm doing that right now. But I got to tell you, like I told you about some. And some you still little... get thrilled if you say I made twenty five hundred bucks. I'm sorry. If if you say at the end of the day I made twenty five hundred oh, bucks, yeah. it's a thrill. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Well, listen, I remember I had all those rental properties. Well, now what I did is I liquidated those son of a guns and I put that in my trailer. With less headaches. Oh, there's no arguing with Youngstown Water Department and the stupid tax appraisal. And people Uh, paying the rent and destroying the property. Exactly. It's so much nicer. Uh, In other words, you'd rather be doing what you're doing in the market with less headaches. Exactly. So I'm just telling you that there is, before me turning into fiduciary in 2007 and doing it the fee-based way, there are good things about the old way. I just wanted to say that, that, that we're fun. It was fun knocking knocking it out of the park every once in a while, but I got to tell you that you, you know that old stock stockbroker's poem. I'll never do this again. That never holds true, because what happens is you might hit a streak of losers, mm-hmm. and it costs you not only your client but the referrals they gave you. 
And now, you know, you went from being, the, you know, the, you know, you from being the starting quarterback to being Kohler Catholic. A bum. A bum. Within a matter of a month, right? Well, talk about a love-hate relationship. Oh, it is. So, but 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 see, I see, it. I think I that uh, you have to give a little bit of leeway. You know, for example, like, no one knows the timing at all. Like you might get out because you think the market's going to go down, and it might go up and and make more money. Well, you don't know for certain when that's going to be, but your intent was a good intent. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but you know what? <clears throat> don't uh, do not the majority, and I'm using the word majority of clients get that. No. Oh, come on. People are very... No, 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 no. You're wrong. I think you're giving them too much credit. People are overly, especially in this area, very emotional about their money. They've either, either inherited well, it... Well, when I did the remote broadcast down at your place, those people had a good connection with Well, you, you got to remember, those people... Been, uh, they, they, I didn't see any pissed off no, people. I'm no, sorry. No, no, no. Those, those are hundreds of really high high quality... And they high, know you're going to hit a hit and miss? But I'm telling you, I could, I could... I could probably tell you 20 people that hate my guts. It's just the way the market goes. I mean, a lot of those people started with me. Yeah, but let's forget and, the people in our own right. building here. <laughs> let's let's but, talk about the investors. Well, hear me out. You know, because Liebert, he's a big sports well, guy. Well, Liebert's one of my biggest fans. Oh, you I didn't, didn't know, know that. that. Yeah. yeah. He, I'm a Heisman Trophy winner in his eyes. I see. I'm kidding. Okay. So, I, um, in all seriousness, uh, a lot of it's timing, man. Those people that got in the market with me in 2007, 2008. But see, you know what surprises me about you? John Arnold's our guest. Is right now, Yeah, do you remember on previous shows, you would tell me, I kind of would like the market to go down a bit because then I could get in because it's, it's going down. I'm nervous because it's up, 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 up. Well, that's what's been going on now. And this and this isn't making you nervous right now, well, and you're still getting in. Well, I think, see, there's a there's been a, like a little smoke screen here pulled between over the client's eyes. The Dow Jones continues to hit new records, but you know what has not gone up what? with the Dow Jones? What? The NASDAQ and SP 500 has been lagging the Dow Jones. But still the, going up. And the up. NASDAQ went up 100, no, it went, up, it went down 100 points last week. Mm-hmm. But that Dow Jones, but guess where my clients are invested in? NASDAQ. You only have 30 stocks in the Dow Jones component. It's the oldest. What about the S&P 500? S&P 500 did, did average to, to, to negative last week. But guess what happens? You get on the news and you turn on the news and that Dow Jones is another record high. If you don't belong in a, if you're not in those thirty stocks, you made zero. You, it didn't matter. But you know what? The news is pumping it. Another record high from the Dow Jones. Who gives right. a damn, man? Majority of people in mutual funds or ETFs or, or my clients' portfolios, we're not in those those Dow Jones components. So it's a lot of smoke and mirrors. And just keep that in mind. But we are in a bullish rally right now. It's not overly bought right now, in my opinion. I don't. Think All right, so you're still getting in, and it doesn't make you nervous like you had told me in the past. Right, right. I, I, I'm, the momentum's there. A lot of people are on this Trump train. I've been on the Trump train all year, by the way. I, I, there's an underlying confidence as well as out there in technical analysis. I'm on the wrong verb train too. So technical analysis, relative strength, they're all up. Bottom line is, you have a lot of factors. Technically, right now, volume-wise, a lot of big money's in that market right now. But the good news is, every Monday when you come in here, what, what you're saying today could change a week from today just based on the information that comes <laughs> it can, in. It could change and, the and next the Monday. You could yeah. say, "Okay, here's why I'm pulling back." Right? Let me say that's why me, people listen. Tonight, tonight we're sleeping. We wake up this tomorrow morning. Golden Gate, Golden Gate Bridge is blown up tomorrow by a terrorist attack. You and I are having the same exact opposite conversation next Monday. Mm-hmm. It's that fast. You can literally wake up in the morning and see those Dow Jones and those NASDAQ futures, negative 800, negative 200 on the NASDAQ, et cetera, and everything John Arnold said on Monday night is complete horse crap. That's just how the stock market goes. So you got to go in. You don't go in head first in anything. Got to go in with a, with a smart 
you know, a smart plan. No one said it'd be easy. No, it's not easy. All right, now, now, how do we find you and get a hold of you? And you still take, uh, there's a love train for you. Uh, you're on a Trump train, you're on a lot of trains. How do we find you? Where are you located? <laughs> you can reach us uh, by phone, and, and you can reach us physically. Uh, we're, we're off of Tippy Kinney Road on the Star Center on the last building on the left. Oh, that's the a soul train, I think. Yeah. Which one is that? Soul Train, Daddy? Okay, Soul, soul Train. I thought, it was a, train. I thought it was a love train there from yeah, the OJs. Just start breaking it down for you. So, okay, now where are you located? Bet your last money. We're located money. off of Tippecanoe Road or off of 224. Going into Star Center there on the last building on the left at the cul-de-sac. Uh, there's a new building being put up right next to us. But right now, we are the la- we're the last building on the left. Beautiful buildings going up next to us, by the way, which ironically is a, an investment firm. But um, uh, right, that's where you can get us. We always give free consultations. We're zero pressure. Probably not enough pressure, if you want to know the truth. Um, and there's no gimmicks to us. And All right. Give us a call. Yeah. 330-965-9890. My website, jawalt.net. Check us out, and I uh, look forward to talking to you next Monday. John Arnold's Mondays at 6. All right, buddy. Thanks.